we, we framed this series as um, the, the, uh, the, the, the thing that you and I need to know is, someone's laughing at me, stop. We, we need to understand who the Holy Spirit is so that we can understand how to interact with the Holy Spirit, how to live from a place of, in knowing him, being able to see the gifts of the Holy Spirit manifest in our lives. And uh, there's a quote that we've said a few times through this series is, uh, and it's A.W. Tozer. He says, what you think about when you think about God is the most important thing about you. What you believe about God, you're going to live your entire life out of that. And some of us, we have hangups around the Holy Spirit in part, not to generalize, but a lot of times I should say, we have hangups or misunderstandings about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit in part because we don't actually understand who he is. And it is so important that we started this series with the understanding the Holy Spirit is God. And he wants to interact with us and and convict us and help us and walk with us. And from that understanding, then we can frame how do we live a life walking with the Spirit? And how do we live a life um, in relationship with the Holy Spirit? And from that, how do we frame the gifts in a helpful way that not only helps us, builds up the church and impacts society and redeems all things, which is what God is doing on the earth. Right. So what we wanted to do today is just kind of have a conversation about the gifts. And we, we had a great week last week. We'll talk a little bit about that. But I wanted to frame this out of 1 Corinthians 14. We're going to spend time in this chapter right here. I would encourage you as you go from here, if there's an assignment for you, this is what it is. Go read the Bible. You should do it all the time. But read 1 Corinthians Uh, chapters 12, 13, and 14. And those are very helpful to frame what does it look like to see the gifts of the Spirit operate today? What's the purpose of them? Um, What's the reason for it all, which is love? And, you know, we we read in 1 Corinthians 13, which we're not going to spend time in there today, but he says if you have all of this stuff and it operates and you're you're speaking in the tongues of men and angels, but you have not love, all you are is noise. Mm -hmm. And raise your hand if you want to just be noisy to the world. Okay, great. That's, that's not me either. Well, we don't want to be noise. Yeah, and I think that it's really important that we recognize that our beliefs, um, how we see things, can be shaped by bad experiences. They can be shaped by great experiences, and they can be shaped by Scripture. They can be uh, shaped by individuals. There's a lot of different ways that beliefs are established, right? But these three chapters here um, are really good because they speak to the two extremes and, and the, the ways that, that Paul sees for the church when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. So you have everything from the people that, that think there are no gifts still to the people who operate in abundance or to an extreme, okay? And so there is, there's an approach to it, and that's why Pastor Taylor is saying, read 12, 13, and 14. Don't just stop at 12, don't stop at 13, and don't stop at 14. Do read all three. And I think that that will really help you. And then you'll know that your, your belief is now not shaped by a reaction to an overuse or an underuse, but it's, it's shaped by the word of God. And that's what we want to do. Let's read it. First Corinthians 14, and I'll read uh, verses 1 through about 5, I think. So it says, follow the way of love and eager 
eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one, who's, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like all of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. For the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets it. So that, and this is the key, the church may be edified. And in that kind of light, you know, we had a great week last week. Let's, maybe we can talk about last week. Last week was awesome. We prayed for people to receive, um, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And let's talk about that. What was last week for you? Well, you know, before we get too far off of that passage that you read, this thought came to my mind is that word greater means has greater impact. Yeah. Okay. And the reason it has greater impact when I was talking about prophecy, is is that prophecy paints a picture and people move towards the most dominant picture that is in their mind, right? And uh, and so, so he's distinguishing the role that they have. One is for personal edification. And the other one is for the edification of the body. And so last week, we saw both of those things take place. Uh, we saw a move of the Spirit. How many were here last week? Okay. About half of you, okay? Um, and so we saw something happen. During worship, it was like the, the roof opened up like, you know, it was like it just felt like heaven had come down and, and there was a move of the Spirit. And for some, uh, they looked at what happened on Sunday with the worship just came to this crescendo and, and we had this message that, that kind of gave people a history of how there have been this, there's this revival of the gift of the Spirit over the last hundred and some odd years, right? Since the early 1900s with Azusa Street and then with Dennis Bennett and the Episcopal Church and people being filled with the Holy Spirit there. And, uh, and then the re- revolution that happened in the 70s with with uh, what was happening down in Calvary Chapel, and you, some of you have seen that movie, Jesus Revolution, and we saw, and then, and we realized it's starting to happen now. It's happening. And every 500 years, Christianity has a major upheaval, and all the things that need to be thrown out are thrown out, and all the things that need to remain, remain, and then an emphasis on this, the next disposition comes. And right now, we're in that 500-year mark from the last Reformation with Martin Luther, where now we are in the age of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is being poured out, like it says in Joel, on the young men and all the daughters and, and, and the old men and, the, and, and all humans, and it's happening. And we saw it happen here in the service on Sunday. It's powerful. So... To follow up that, why is it important for us to have or to contend for, to kind of knock on that door of, of the gifts of the Spirit, particularly the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Why is that important for us uh, as individuals? Why does that matter? And why are we going after that? Does it, you know, some people might be like, why are we even wasting time on this? 
others who are, who are saying, you know, we, we've been too late on this. Like, why are we going after this? For the re- same reason that the, the, Jesus told the disciples, don't leave town until you get it. Okay, he said it in, in Acts ch- chapter 1. He says to the disciples, before he leaves to go be with the Father, he says, hey, you know, earlier he had said that, you know, you're going to go into all the world and be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the uttermost parts of the earth. And he listed all the places that nobody would want to go, including his, their enemies, the people that they thought were dogs and not even worthy of walking through their town. And he says, you're going to be a witness there. And so in order to go there, he knew they needed a power greater than what they had. They had watched the power operate in Jesus, but they had never experienced the power within themselves. And so he's like, don't leave town until you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, John baptized with water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit's going to baptize you, immerse you with power, a power. Now, the reason that he wanted them to have that is that he wanted their efficacy to be strong because when they go out into the world, they, there's going to be a lot of persecution, including death for some of them. And, and so there was this, he knew that they had to be built, their spirit needed to be built up, right? We are in a time very similar to that, in the sense that Christians around the world, remember, Christianity doesn't look like America. Christianity in Brazil and what Brazil is going through and what the Christians there are going through is way different than what's happening here. And what's happening in Iran right now, that we have people in our church from Iran that have um, friends that are there right now that are being persecuted and even killed for their faith, put in jails, beaten, all kinds of things, all right? And that's what these disciples were going out into. And we live in a time right now where we need the Holy Spirit because we are dealing with everything from the economy to sexual orientation to all kinds of things that come against the the very principles of the kingdom of God, including a direct assault from satanic cults that have been hidden for years that are coming out into the open and, and paraded around the streets and all over the news and all over the, the, the headlines and in, in the Grammys and all, that, all this kind of stuff. And so what, what we saw last week was, in, was intentional. It was an intentional release, us doing our part and the Holy Spirit meeting that. And, and the reason that we felt like we needed to do it is because of the times in which we live in. Now, when the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, there were some that were amazed and some that thought they were drunk. Okay? Those two perspectives. Very easy to come up with both of those types of perspectives. There's always going to be the naysayers. There's always going to be the skeptics. There's always going to be the people that... that try to trivialize something that's happening of the Spirit. But I guarantee you, you won't trivialize the darkness when you see it play out. When, it, when you see it with your own eyes, which I hope that's all you see it with is your eyes and not your own personal experience. But we are living in a time where we're going to see some very dark times and we need the Holy Spirit within us to push back at the pressure of culture 
and what is going on in our world today so that we are not the ones that are dismantled and have to spend our lives in therapy because of all the darkness that's around us, but we are going to be out helping the people giving the therapy. Well, I love, I love that posture, if I can tag onto that. I'm reminded of, of when Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, hey, just remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Right. And I think some of us have been uh, perhaps captivated or worried and, and really even taken on that spirit of fear. But he's given us a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. That's right. And I think just that posture, it's like, hey, it does not matter how broken the world gets. Our hope is not rooted in what happens here. We actually bring what our hope is rooted in to here, and we bring the light into the darkness. But we cannot do that apart from the Holy Spirit. And so I, I just think I, that's a reminder. It's like, hey, the world is weird. And you have the hope. You have the living God on the inside of you. And especially when you operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, you can go anywhere and say, I'm not a victim to that thing. That thing is a victim to the Spirit of God that is in me. And I happen to places. Places don't happen to me. I happen to darkness. Darkness doesn't come at me. I actually come at the darkness with the light of God. And I think that posture is so crucial. And that's why we go to church, to get infused with that reminder, like, I need the Holy Spirit. But with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter what comes my way because I'm not a victim to it. So with that, what is the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? We kind of talked about the, the difference between the public and the, the personal. What's the personal purpose or the value of, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And maybe I can read this scripture to kind of frame it and then give it to you. It says, anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them, for they utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. So let's talk about the personal uh, power of the Holy Spirit. What, what's, why does the baptism matter for the person? Well, for the kind of what I was describing in the sense that there's an edification that comes on the inside of you that is not just human. Mm. Okay? And so positive... Uh, Positive affirmations aren't going to cut it alone. It needs to be, it can't be just positive self-talk. It can't be just, you know, improving your life and mind over matter and disciplining yourself a little bit more. And, uh, and that those are good things. Those, those are good things that we should all be doing, right? But we need something more. And otherwise, Jesus would have said, hey, you saw me, go out and do it. That's not what he said. He said, wait until you receive power. Wait till you receive power from the Holy Spirit, okay? And, and then go out and add your gift with God's. Add your gift with God's, and the two of, of you will do just great out there, okay? So then there is that personal edification that comes up, and that's really important. And this is why, <clears throat> this is why we really, okay, us growing up. So, Taylor. You're my son, and when you were young, um, you're my dad. There were times I didn't know, I didn't know what to do with you. Okay, and um, I I think you're mistaking me for my two brothers. Well, I was the easy one. They were the hardest. You're right, but doesn't make. But yeah, you were I was different. You were different, and in a good way. All three of you are different from each other. He told the story in the first service how many times they knocked me down the stairs as a baby. No. 
Wait, wait. I'm walking around in the That's walker. That's a different story. No. No. Explains a lot, Taylor. You were walking in one of those walkers that, you know, when people, kids that can't walk yet are in, and you went down the stairs twice. Why? Because you moved the gate. And you went down and hit the bottom of the steps head first, and that's what's wrong with your head. So, so if, if you look, just if you look up, from a certain way, you I, see. Yeah, yeah, you can see. I, I do not have a small noggin. It does not mean my brain's larger. It's just inflamed. It's okay. It's, it's the perfect size now. It's always been that size. So, it, it's good. I love you, babe. Thank you for making him. Uh, but there was times that we didn't know what to do with our kids, right? And we didn't know how to approach certain things because we saw certain things happening within them, right? And that they were struggling with. And so we would pray in the spirit. And what it does is it causes you to bypass your head and get to your, your spirit. So you silence your head. Your mind is seeing everything and is experiencing the current reality, but your spirit is the one that's going to tell you what to do. And so you, you listen to the Holy Spirit and your spirit collide or commune. And then in, with your head shut down, all the fears and all the worries and all the news reports and all the realities that you see in your kids or the doctor's report, all those things, the bank statement, all those things, divorce papers, settlements, all the things that you're dealing with on a regular basis. Sometimes you just need to get in your prayer closet. You just need to get at home and, and, and pray, pray in the Spirit, and allow the Holy Spirit to shut your head down long enough to get rid of the picture of fear and replace it with a picture of hope, a picture of next steps, okay? And, and so that's what we do as we're raising our kids. And we still do that, right, um, with all things my wife and I do. And I think that w what has happened is that over the years, somebody said, well, why haven't you talked more about this before? And I, th and I was reflecting on that, and I think really what it was was that Sometimes, I said it earlier, we are shaped by bad experiences sometimes or we're shaped by, um, we're shaped by what's wrong or not right as opposed to what God wants. And I was, early in my Christian walk, I was exposed to what I would call an overuse of tongues where it bypassed discernment. It bypassed fruit of the spirit and character. And it spoke louder than any other quality, including love. And I think that this is what Paul is addressing here, is he's addressing there are gifts of the spirit, but if you override love with the gift of the spirit, in other words, you're so unaware of yourself that you can't discern what is needed in a certain moment. And we had a, a, a situation when we first started the church where a group of people came over to my house for my birthday party. It's my 40th birthday party. And, you know, we, Tina says, hey, let's pray for Steve for his birthday. And one guy just starts praying in tongues really loud. And it was so awkward and so weird. 
and out of place. It didn't fit. And I just wanted to crawl under a rock. You had fa- friends and family there that weren't Jesus yeah. followers. And- yeah, they didn't know anything about God or the Holy Spirit or any of those kinds of things. And it was just out of place. It just didn't fit. And so that kind of thing happening, you know, caused me to pull back a little bit. At the same time, I kept my prayer language alive and kept using that, but didn't communicate it. And I feel like by withholding that from our congregation and not exploring this, I'm not allowing you or not exposing you or having you learn about some of the things that are going to give you what you need on the inside for the days that we're ahead. Does that make sense? And I shared a little bit of that last week, and that's when the heavens went open. And some of you felt that, right? But thank you for doing that and yeah. modeling that. I, it's, it's so easy to see anything today, uh, the fringe of it, and cause you to miss the truth in it. I and call so, it reactionary theology. Yeah. So reaction, and I think this is a good, where, where is my theology based in fear or reaction? And, and it's not even to say it's wrong, but God might say, hey, I, w- I want a better angle for you to see this so that it's not reactionary, but it's foundational. And I think, I think this is what I love about that, that word edification, that word edify, like when you edify yourself, that word in the, in the Greek means to build up or establish like a house. And that's the, that kind of language. And this is what I love about um, having a prayer language and, and being filled with the Spirit. And, and uh, it, it, you get to build yourself up. And I love being able to, to build myself up because like you said, it's different than self-talk. Self-talk is from you for you. But building yourself up in the Spirit and prayer, like, that is fr- like that's a partnership with you and God. And you don't even know what you're saying, but God's like right there with you. He's like, I got you. You don't even got you, but I got you. And I can't talk myself into some things, but the Holy Spirit knows exactly what I need. And I love that about the speaking in, in tongues and, and the gifts of the Spirit. Because a lot of times what I'm doing is I'm building myself up. And I, I love, I, I heard this quote a while ago, and I, don't, I can't find who initially said it. But he said, speaking in tongues does not make me better than you, but it does make me better than me. And I think that is so good because it makes, me be- makes you better than you, makes me better than me because the Holy Spirit is discerning what's deep in here that I don't even know that I'm saying. I think that's so helpful, but there's a difference between the personal and then the public. So what is the purpose of the public um, proclamation of the gifts of the Spirit? And, and in ter- especially when it comes to tongues and, and the manifestations of the Spirit, what's the public pers- purpose yeah. of it? So Paul... Then he begins to uh, go into this idea of, well, when you come together with everybody, uh, it would be better for you to prophesy than to speak in a tongue. Because the people, if, unless there's an interpreter there to interpret it, then you're, you're making noise. And you, and you might be edified, but the person that you're around isn't. And so even though you might hear in worship, you might hear somebody uh, worshiping and, and they might speak in tongues or something like that. You're overhearing um, it. You may overhear that. That's for their personal edification, but you get nothing from it. Okay? And so Paul is saying, look, because we love, verse uh, chapter 13, because we love, 
when we go into the corporate gathering, we're, we're, we got our radar up looking for people that we can minister to with words they can understand, which is prophecy. And uh, we got a definition uh, for the screen up there uh, for prophecy. Taylor, you want to go over that definition? Sure, yeah. Prophecy, the best way to say it is a message from God. That would be the simple way to say it. But prophecy, I want to give you a full definition. You can take a picture or write it down. Is a message from God pertaining to someone or something, often about their current situation or the past or the future. Now, in this passage here, um, it's not necessarily saying about the future, but it can include that. So prophecy could just be about a current reality, but I, I love this. It's speaking forth the counsel of God for a person or people or place or entity with the aim to see the kingdom of God established. And so, in other words, it's to build up. It's to encourage. It's to edify. It's to strengthen. And oftentimes, and you've probably seen this, and this is where some of that reactionary theology can come, is when you've seen somebody try and tear you down with prophecy. And that's different than a building up rebuke. You've rebuked you as, as my father, as my pastor, as my leader, mom, like, or, or people in my life who have authority and to speak into me have rebuked me to build me up. And I can always tell when it's different than when someone's trying to manipulate me or cause me to do something that they want me to do. You can sense the difference. Now, my job, if somebody is prophesying over me, whether they're rebuking me or encouraging me, is to take that to Scripture, take that to the Holy Spirit, and be responsible for my response. So sometimes God will use a, 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 a manipulative messenger to still undermine, like, and get to subversively get a message to me. And my job is to sift through that and say, Holy Spirit, are you trying to speak something to me through an imperfect vessel? Because he might. And sometimes we'll write off things because someone got it wrong. And God's like, you got it wrong too. I was trying to speak to you. And I used an imperfect vessel to do it. And you didn't listen. So, yeah, great example of that is Balaam. His donkey spoke to him, right? Yeah. The King James says ass. Um, his ass spoke to him. Sometimes God will send an ass <laughs> to so speak to you. This is, this is what you call a Christian joke. And I thought you nailed it. No, it's a King James version. <laughs> Some people only believe in the King James, so I'm just I'm trying to make sure. But here's what it says. It says. Just being faithful to the text. That's all it is. It says the one who prophesies speaks to people. For their strengthening and encouraging and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. If you want to edify the church, come into church ready to speak a, a word that the Holy Spirit affirmed, uh, puts in your spirit to speak to somebody. I, I, there's been times when I've walked up to say, people and just said very simple things like, hey, I just really feel like you're supposed to hear this. Um, you're a great dad. You're a good father. Well, tell that story of when you did that one. Yeah, I just walked up to this guy and I just said, "Hey, I just want you to know, I, I feel like the Lord wants you to know you're you're you're, you're a great father." I'm not sure if I said dad or father. You're a great father. He just looked at me and tears start coming to his eyes. And um, I said, "Hey, what's what's going on?" And he says. Um, I just had a really tough week in this area, and um, that word is what I needed to hear today. Okay? When I say prophecy, I'm not saying, 
Thus saith the Lord, you're going to Egypt and you're going to minister to people that come to the pyramids. And, and you know, and that's not what I'm saying, okay? <laughs> there are prophets and then there's people who prophesy, okay? Not everybody has the gift of prophecy, but everybody can prophesy. You can speak a God-affirming word that comes from Scripture or comes from the heart of God. You don't have to say it's God. You don't have to say the Lord is telling me to tell you that. You can just say, I'm sensing. I really feel that you need to hear this. And if your spirit is right and you know it doesn't conflict with the word of God, and you can build that person up. And that's why we come to church is, is, is so that we can build one another up. We're supposed to strengthen and edify the church. It says that one who prophesies edifies the church. Yeah. Folks, we got to get, we got to quit coming to church to receive. We'll receive. You don't have to come to receive. You come to give. And when you give, you receive. And so come to give, and then you'll receive. So you receive so that you can give. You don't give so you can receive. But you see what I'm saying? The heart and the motive is really important in this area. And so if you really want to benefit somebody, and when Taylor said the the the, the a kingdom work, when he, what he's talking about is not just a kingdom work like building churches and sending out missionaries and going street evangelism and healing people and all those things, right? All those things are included, and that's, that's the big picture stuff. But kingdom means that a family would be raised up into things of God and that marriages would come back together that are separated and that, that kids who are estranged are no longer and, and that people that are addicted get set free. That's a kingdom work. And so that's why we prophesy to one another is so that a kingdom work can, can happen. Well, and I, I love the posture here. This is, this is uh, really helpful for you and I. And I love that you made a distinction. Not everyone's a prophet. So you need to take the weight off of you to try and be the prophet because you, you might not be. And some of you are. Some of you have that gift. And you should steward that and lean into it and ask God, God, would you, would you grow this in me and, and bring some some, you know, strong voices into your life to help you foster that and go to the word and, and lean into that. You should do that. But everybody, like he said, I, I wish all you would prophesy. And he says this in verse 39 of chapter 14. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. And, and, and I love this posture that you and I can come into church with an eagerness to build up. And, and I, I'm, I'm looking for opportunities uh, to see somebody that I might be able to encourage or build up. I remember a word that was spoken to me. It was my final chapel uh, in Bible college, um, and we're about to move home. And somebody shared a word in passing to me that probably does not remember to this day the words that they said. And those words sat with me for over a decade. And I went back to them when I doubted my gifts and I doubted God's call for my life. And I remember those words that were spoken over me. Little did they know they were prophesying with their eyes wide open. And it was so cool because that person was always looking for opportunities. Some people thought she was too spiritual and kind of goofy, and she was. But, man, she, she built me up in that moment, in the chapel, in a passing moment. Hey, Taylor, did I, I just think this. And it was, I was like, oh, thanks. And I did not know in that moment that I was receiving a word that God wanted to, to plant into me. And uh, some of us, we've done that. We didn't even know it, but we came ready. And I think we ought to come ready, come eager, come with our eyes wide open, looking for those opportunities. Yeah. I shared this story in first service, but, uh, you know, one time, this has happened a few times, but I'll go to, uh, I'll be 
in the area of Trader Joe's, and Noel will say, hey, go to Trader Joe's, and we need this and that and the other thing. And it takes me about 45 minutes to get four items. And, um, and I'm just, I, I go around. It's like two laps per one item is, is honestly what happens. And she's like, oh, and by the way, they've been out of these strawberry granola bars that we always get for our kids. They've been out of the strawberry bars forever. But if you see them, grab 50 boxes. And uh, my son will go, will eat about seven or eight per, you know, per morning and then another seven or eight in the afternoon. And, um, and then my, my daughters will combine for another 15 or so per day. So we'll go through about 50 boxes in about three days time. That's why we have parenting classes. Yeah. We're pray, pray for us, please. But she said, she's like, grab as many boxes as you can if they have them. So I'm in Trader Joe's and I'm walking around and I had my radar up, but I wasn't like looking for the boxes. But then when I saw them, I was reminded that I was looking for them. And, and, and some, this is the helpful thing because you might leave church, and if the only thing that you did is lifted your hands and your eyes to God and said, God, I worship you and I praise you because you are Lord, then you left church having been better than when you came. Like if all you did was lift up the name of Jesus, can I, can I applaud you? You did a right thing, and that worship to God is not wasted. That is a valuable thing to come in and praise Jesus because he is God. That is good. But there will be times where you came in for one thing, but because you were eager and ready, you got another thing as well. Right? And so what you're doing is I'm not coming to church to, to prophesy. I'm coming to church to worship God and gather with God's people. But there might be an opportunity that I have, and I'm looking for it, to encourage somebody, to build somebody up. And sometimes it will be, hey, I got a word for you. God just put you on my heart this week, and I've been thinking about you, and I've been praying for you, and I felt like this is what he wanted me to share. You can go test it with Scripture. You can go test it with the Holy Spirit. But I just felt like, can I pray this over you? And we saw that operating last week. It was so cool. People spreading throughout the congregation, just like, I got a word for you. I, got a, I felt like I needed to pray this for you. And confirmation after confirmation that the Spirit of God was moving. But if that didn't happen, you know what? We are better for having come in and worshiped Jesus. And so I think that's, that's such a great uh, paradigm to have is we're coming in eager, but we're not coming in with the expectation that it has to happen. And some of us, I think what we've done is we've put a burden on God and we've put this expectation on him that this is what needs to happen in a church service in order for it to check off my box of it was enough. And sometimes God's saying, look, I'm enough, and sometimes I'm going to give you more. I'm enough, but sometimes I'm going to give you a bonus. That's really and you're going to get to see a move from me, but that's not up to you. You come in with the expectation, though. Okay? So some of us, we need to hear the word. You need to have more expectation. And some of us, we need to come in with the word. I'm here to lift up Jesus, not here to put a box on how he needs to work for me. Exactly. And I, I think it's re- really important that we recognize gifts were not given so you could stand around with other people with the same gifts and, and give each other words. Okay, now, that can happen, but yeah. that's not the object of it. Okay, it's really nice when you get around people that agree or that are in the, of the same understanding as you and you're in a room and you, you got the presence of God. But that's not what we were designed for. We were designed to have an upper room experience and go out, get out of town and go reach the people that you're supposed to be getting. Okay, so oftentimes what happens is the gifts stay in the church instead of out where they belong. And I'm not talking about in another 
outside group doing the same thing that we're doing at church. I'm talking about out to your coworkers, out to play people. You can prophesy over people that don't know Jesus and don't know you're prophesying, and you can say, hey, dude, you know what? You seem kind of heavy lately. I just want you to know, I think, I, I just really feel like I'm supposed to tell you that things are going to be okay. You're going to get through this season. And, and they're going to like, what? And it's like, yeah, I just really felt that. And don't tell anybody, but I've been praying for you. You see what I'm saying? And just be chill about it. But be Just get in there, right? Get real personal. Just go. But don't get kooky weird. Don't use words that aren't used out in the world. Use world where This is the whole idea about tongues. A lot of Christians that have tongues go out and they don't realize they're talking in a foreign language to somebody. And they're like, oh, I, I don't understand because we're using Christian ease. We're using jargon. We're saying praise the Lord and hallelujah and, and goofy stuff, right? To people that don't know the things of God. And what we need to do is we need to take spiritual language and convert it into the language of the people. And that's, that's a gift that God wants to give you. Well, and I, I think, can I add to, like, whoa, there we go. Hey. <laughs> it, the Holy Spirit will empower you to speak the language of the rooms that you're in. And, like, I, I heard, this came alive to me when I heard this fashion designer saying, the Holy Spirit empowers me to speak fashion to a dark world that is very, I mean, there's, there's, in the fashion world, there's a lot of darkness down to evil things. And we don't need to talk about that this morning, but he's like, the Holy Spirit has empowered me to speak this language, to get into rooms that nobody else could get in. And that's only by the Spirit of God. And he understands my primary mission is not fashion, it's mission. And I think this is what we talked about earlier, and we can close with this idea, that God has called us to be charismational. And I, I borrow this term from a guy named Gare Jones in, in Los Angeles. He's a pastor there. And he understands and teaches his church. And I want us to take on this, we want us to take on this posture of being charismational. You can probably imagine what this word means. Is that we're not just charismatic and we are not just missional. We are charismational. And some of us, we try and go on mission without the power of the Holy Spirit, we can't. And some of us, we try and have the power of the Holy Spirit, we forget mission. God has called us in every sphere that we go into to be led by and empowered by the Holy Spirit for the sake of the mission that God has called us to being accomplished. We can't be all gifts and we can't, and not mission, and we can't be all mission without gifts. I mean, if we understand what Paul said that you can't even say the words Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit empowering you, then by all means, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to enable us to be on mission in our workplace, to be on mission on our team, to be on mission in, 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 at nighttime as we're praying over our kids. We need the Holy Spirit's power yep. to enable us to do what yep. we cannot do on our own, but we can't forget the mission as we download those things. It's so easy to be in these modes, and I just want to build up myself. But what's the point of building up myself if my home, if that building, that imagery of when you edify yourself, you're building up like this building, this tower. And I want to be the kind of person that can be a refuge to the people that in this world. That when they need, when they're looking for God, that they see me and they say, I can take shelter there. And the only way I can do that is by the power of the Holy Spirit as I build myself up for the sake of mission. Yeah, 
that's really good. I I think that there's people in this room here. Your negative experience has shaped your theology instead of the Holy Spirit. And we got to get back to the scripture. We got to get back to the Spirit. And I feel like our church has always been really good with mission, whether it be a food bank or having a piece of property that hosts the community for so many different events. Everything from our daycare during the week, our involvement with the different clubs and like Rotary and the Chamber of Commerce. We've always had a mission to reach out, taking people to Africa and Guatemala and Katrina and 9-11 when that happened. We've always been a mission-oriented church. And some of us, we've we've overdone it with mission, and now we need spirit. Some of us have overdone it with with the gifts, and we need to take a box of food to somebody, lay hands on somebody, and go visit somebody in a home where nobody else has been to visit. So I just want to pray over our congregation right now that we would grab this concept that Pastor Taylor's talking about, this charismational, that we're filled with the Spirit, but not for just our own benefit. We're filled with the Spirit because God releases gifts through of the Spirit through us to benefit and edify the body, but also to reach the world. Jesus said, don't leave town until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It's Acts chapter one. He said, don't go, don't go. Don't go on your mission until you have the, the charisma, the charismatic experience. And as soon as they went into that upper room and they were praying for, I don't know how long, how many hours or days, but they were there for a while. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit fell. And it looked like tongues of fire. And they spoke in other languages and they began to pray in a radical way. So much so that people outside could hear them and say, wow, what's going on in there? I can hear them speak in our language. And somebody else was yelling, yeah, I think those guys are drunk. Listen to them. They sound like a bunch of idiots. Babbling idiots. I want what they're drinking. Those two opposing experiences, but it's the same experience. So I pray for you, those of you that are here. Maybe maybe you're short on mission, strong on spirit. Maybe you're strong on spirit, short on mission. Let's be care is missional. Can we stand and maybe we can you can pray over us? Mm-hmm. Would you stand with me? Would you just put your hands out like this? And this is a posturing just for us to just say, God, we're here to to receive what you have for us. And we're going to have our prayer partners come up to the front. If you guys can join us now, if you're on prayer or our prophetic teams, whether you're scheduled today or not, I believe that there's going to be some people who need to knock on this door again. And maybe you're here today and you weren't here last week and you're like, I'm curious. 
got some baggage here, whatever it might be, or you're like, I want that, let's go. Today is your day to contend for that. We've got an amazing prayer team that's ready to walk with you, to pray with you, and uh, because we're we're meant to be sent out on mission. So, Pastor Steve, would you pray for us? And would can you just put your hands out, just in a posture of receiving from God? Yeah. Lord, we open ourselves up here today, and we all come from different backgrounds and experiences, and we just ask you to connect with us by your Holy Spirit right now. We ask you to fill this room right now with your spirit. And Lord, may we open up our hearts to receive you right now. May we receive the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, do your thing. Move past the head, Lord. Holy Spirit, move past the head. Move past the bad experiences, the hurts, the misunderstandings, the fears, and the disassociations. Reach the heart, Lord, by your spirit. We ask, Lord, that you would bring revival to our land. We ask that you would use the people in this room to usher it in. We ask you, Lord, to equip every person in this room to be able to respond to darkness as it comes because we know that light does its best work in the dark. And so instead of people running from the darkness, we'll run right towards it with the light. And God, I pray that the spirit of fear would leave this room right now. Spirit of bitterness, leave this room right now. Spirit of division, leave the room. Secular philosophies, ideologies, leave the room. You're not welcome here. May a Christ-like spirit fill this room now and replace it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just really feel led that there's a couple people in here that you're really struggling right now with this, this whole idea. And... I believe that God wants you to know that the right prayer partner is here for you right now. And all you have to do is take a bold step and come forward and share your your concern, your fear. And you're you're gonna find what you're looking for. And there's also a parent that is really worried about your daughter. You're really worried about her. Actually, there's quite a few of you here worried about your kids. And I sense the Lord wants you to know that He's going to meet you in your prayer closet and give you instructions of what to do. So as you just spend time in the spirit, you just allow your prayer language to flow. It'll open up. Your eyes will be open to know the next step. In Jesus' name. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the set-apart spirit. Receive the holy wind, the holy breath, the holy direction, the holy spirit. Receive it now in Jesus' name.
thankful for what God's doing.